Welcome into Mining Stock Daily, everybody. This is Trevor Hall, and after a couple days of travel, I'm on the ground here in Sweden, a few hours north of Stockholm, and uh, currently visiting Norden Crown Metals. Uh, Norden Crown trades on the TSX Venture with NOCR and on the OTCQB with NOCRF. Uh, my first discussion today for everybody is with a director of the company, Mr. Thomas Soderquist, but uh, He's not just a director, he has well a long history and career and experience here in the Bergeslagen mining district, uh, specifically a long lineage with Bulletin Metals. Um, but I guess, you know, Thomas, it's a pleasure to meet you and uh, thanks for being so welcoming uh, to this group and here in Sweden. My pleasure. Uh, we, we should just kind of lay some groundwork here. You've got, I would say, safe to 30 years experience here mining. In Sweden, you've had a number of different uh, roles. Uh, you know, can you kind of give us a general background? I know you're a very humble guy. We had dinner last night, so I, you know, you might. I think people need to know really where you've come from here and why this uh, this region in mining in Sweden is so important to you and your heart. Yeah, I, I come from uh, Hedemora, which is just uh, 10, 15 kilometers south of here. I started my mining career in uh, in Garpenberg when I was just 18 years old as, as an underground miner, which I can tell you also, my, my grandfather at the time, he was very angry with me for that because he had worked in that mining industry in Galpenberg also, but what was it, 80 years before me or something like that? 70 years before me. Um, but then I, I took up studies again and I became an engineer in uh, early 80s and I continued with Bouleden at the time, just moving up north as a young engineer in different mines. Became uh, underground manager for a now closed mine up northwestern Sweden, a lead sink mine, lead mine probably uh, called Leisval. And uh, I left a few years, uh, a few, over 20 years, I worked with a supplier called Sandvik and then I returned as a manager for the mining operations up in Skelleftefield. There was five different mines there and uh, ended my career, well, almost ended my career then as a senior vice president in, in Stockholm, responsible for corporate responsibility, you can say, uh, which was <laughs> everything that nobody else wanted to deal with, environment, uh, uh, labor, safety, um, from a group level, I should say, uh, and uh, communications, HR and uh, wanted to retire uh, or at least partly retire but i was sent to ireland to run the uh, tara operations for half a year also at the end uh, but now i'm retired and i got a few board positions northern crown being one very exciting because this area is close to my heart i'm, I'm from here i uh, feel that i'm um, sort of very much related to, to, to the mining industry, partly because my grandfather used to work there. I've worked all my life in the mining industry. Yeah. I, I, I want to ask you, before we kind of dive into, I mean, not so much of the technicals, but just kind of get an overall sense of where we are now in this um, s cycle for Sweden as a, a hub for not only mining, but mineral exploration. In presentations this morning, it seemed like the 1990s was a big turning point for Sweden because two things happened. The mining law in Sweden changed, which opened up uh, opportunities for international companies to come in here and start exploring as well. Uh, and then also the Garpenberg mine got a new, got a new life underneath it. Yeah. 
Um, you know, talk about that time and really there still seems to be a little bit of headwinds for Sweden, especially Swedish exploration to be um, an attraction for capital here because that's, you know, companies are having a hard time showing, you know, opening up the curtains and getting people in here and, and really excited about Sweden. Yeah. Um, should I say it? it, it, it we, we see we have welcomed a lot of foreign investors or foreign exploration companies here and we're hoping that that can pay off so we can be self-sufficient when when you I mean Sweden is is coming very far in, in electrifying everything not only industry but also you see we're actually number three in electrifying the car fleet I'm driving one myself and you're going to need a lot of, of, of copper to do that. You're going to need a lot of metals. You're going to need a lot of nickel. We don't have a hell of a lot of nickel in this. Sorry for swearing. <laughs> <laughs> We've said worse on this show. <laughs> um, we, we, we don't have a lot of nickel in Sweden, but still, that's also one uh, metal that, that is going to be needed for the future of electrification everything. So we think that we should, we should uh, contribute to that by having mines in this country, of course then our environmental demand in this country is very hard and they should be but that's not a problem as long as they're predictable that's that's okay we think so yeah. it, how does that how does that lean itself to exploration i mean is it easier now to explore permitting seems to be rather quick compared to a lot of other countries in develop in the developed world yeah, to get a permit for, for exploration is not not difficult in this but to get a permit to start mining is is tricky and takes time in this country so yeah, but of course it's it's. I think the authorities now see that it's necessary to really uh, speed up the processes for that also because we're going to need a lot of metals in this country and with the industries we have. What is the political situation now when it in terms of making mining easier, at least acknowledging that this could be a great industry for the country and you know also generate tax revenue for the governments. Well, the situa political situation in Sweden is, is a bit tricky. We have a, a weak government. It's the Social Democrats supported by a Green Party and partly by one of the center parties who's, who's uh, in charge, so to say. We're anxiously waiting for the budget for next year to be uh, accepted by the parliament. I'm, nobody's sure what's going to happen there. Uh, we have an election next year, 2022. And, uh, well, I'm not going to be a political person to tell what's going to happen because I, I'm, I'm, I, I can't say that. It's very, it's, it's a little bit like Germany. It's very sort of, a lot of, after the negotiation last time, it was a lot of, it was half a year of negotiations before, before they could form a government. It's so, so tight. You were explained to me this morning, but even with the Social Democratic Party who's currently in charge now, there has been acknowledgement about exploration and mining. Yeah, the prime minister said he's going to leave now, but still he, he said and he talks for his party and, and that, of course, we need more mining in this country. And uh, you wouldn't find anybody else except the Green Party, perhaps, who would say anything different. Everybody else says the same, more or less. Uh, it, and it's an astounding history of mining. I mean, you got data for hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, old mine workings, uh, you know, and just and it's just incredible. Like I think maybe that's underappreciated or misunderstood. Just the history of mining in the Bergeslagen area, uh, but that lineage has never 
died and gone away. Obviously, there's been cycles and struggles since then. Um, but it, like, can you give us a sense of the heritage here of this industry and really what it means for the people? I mean, if, yeah, you just travel around here. You see old mine workings or small villages. They're, 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 they're called hittan in the end. Hitta is a blast furnace, really. So there's been lots of blast furnaces and stuff around around here. But there's another aspect to that also. I, I've, been in, I've been a supplier to the mining industry also. And if you look at hard rock mining around the world, it's dominated more or less by a few companies. It's uh, Sandvik. It's Epiroc or former Atlas Copco and a few other similars. They're all Swedish and they've grown up together with the Swedish mining industry, LKAB, Bullied and other companies that used to exist and developed the technology for, for, for rock drilling, for loading and so on. And It has a tremendous impact on the Swedish industry, have had during the years this. ABB is another one, I mean, they made mine hoists and stuff very, very early on. We're electrifying the industry very much to the mining and smelting industry also. Uh, you get an incredible career on the production side of things, specifically working with service providers, but also with uh, Belize in, in, in production. Now you're the director of an exploration company. Uh, talk about just kind of why taking a step back into exploration, you know, when things are so risky and there's more unknown than there is known, and having to deal these markets i just love to see this industry grow again and i felt that this was a way of doing it i mean i'm in another board also for a swedish junior company who's actually very close to start up gold production in northern sweden and i just love it it's it's uh... do you see similarities now with early exploration that maybe you were seeing with Belieden back in the 90s I'm not sure how you mean that, but is there is there you know like is that you know when Belieden started hitting, uh, making new discoveries and really bringing Garpenberg up and running, giving it new life? Are you seeing similarities now during that time in the mid '90s that you know maybe there's that similar uh, feeling of rejuvenation in for Swedish mining now with uh, companies like Norden Crown or District Metals? A little bit, perhaps. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a long time span before you start finding these prospects and, and, and uh, until you have something, you're really going to go after it. So, but, but yeah, sure. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> Maybe I put those words in your mouth. <laughs> um, last question. Uh, just, you know, kind of leave us with your thoughts on, obviously, this area of the world is extremely important to you. You live in this area just a couple kilometers down the road here. Um, you know, if you can maybe jump forward five years from now and take a look back, uh, what what is success for mineral exploration look for you? Is there something that can be done that would say you look back and say that really was a turning point for Swedish exploration and mining once again for this for this area? I think we need to sort of get a new mine started somewhere to show that yes, it's possible to do that here. 
Um, we had a company called Northland Resources who started an iron ore mine up in northern Sweden close to the Finnish border. It was um, bankrupt and it's been restarted again and I think it's very important that they are allowed to continue operating also despite that they, there's some environmental demands on them. But I, I think, but I also like to see that there are more mines, new mines started so that yes, it's, it's working. Uh, Tom, thanks for your time. It's a real pleasure to uh, get to know you and talk to you, and I'm glad we got the introduction. Thank you. That's Thomas Sodaquist. He's the director of Norden Crown Metals, and we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak to a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.